Welcome in to the Fun Astrology Podcast. Thomas Miller with you. Thanks for joining us. It's solstice time. <laughs> oh, I love this time of year, and I love winter solstice too, but summer solstice is just special. It just is. Well, I say summer because that is relative on where you are, obviously. Summer above, winter below. Now, as far as what we're setting up for Sunday, we have all of this is updated on the funastrology.com website. If you go down to the blog area, it's on the right. And I've got all the dates and all the aspects for the weekend, including the chart of solstice as of it's 10.33 p.m. Central Time. I was using Central Time on this chart because I put the geography of Kansas City, Kansas, just kind of making that mid-central United States. So that's 10.33 p.m. Central. Sun is at zero degrees, zero minutes, Cancer. Moon is first quarter today and then moves into Libra tomorrow. And then it moves into Scorpio Sunday morning at 7.57 a.m. I've got all these times again in that little section on the website. So if you want to reference the chart or these lunar ingresses, you can just mark those straight from the website. I wanted to spend the bulk of the time today talking about solstice itself. And in just a minute here, we're going to stretch you. So if you want to go down a wild and crazy road with old Uncle Thomas, then I've got that for you here in just a minute. But the solstice, if we just look at the fundamentals, what is solstice? Well, it's when the sun is actually farthest away from the earth. And it's that time of the year, twice, of course, in the two different seasons, when the sun appears to stand still, being the shortest day below the equator, the longest day above. Now, if we were just synthesizing that right there, the solstice is obviously a time of change. It's a time of shift. I have to put things in hiking terms. It's not a loop trail. It's a down and out trail, and you just hit the down part, and you're turning around, and you're headed back to the car. (laughs) Think of it like that. Now, I think the mystery and the mystique of it comes from this whole thing of standing still. In fact, that's basically where the word is derived. It's derived from the sun standing still. So just like we've talked about recently with the eclipses, the ancient observers. I was going to say astrologers. Let's just say the ancient observers. I mean, whoever got this all started would have observed the sun's declination relative to the celestial equator. So basically take the equator of the earth and project it out into space when the sun is at its farthest points from that equator, it appears to stand still. Actually, my little hiking analogy is pretty darn good here as I think about it because as you're hiking toward the destination, let's say it's a big cliff that looks out over a mountain range with a lake down there. What do you do? You move toward it. You're moving. What do you do when you get there? You stand still and you observe, right? You get out your binoculars. You get your journal. You do a little meditating. You do whatever you do at the end of the trail before you start to turn around and head back. Well, in the world of otherwise motion, the ancient observers would have noticed that standing still as something pretty unique. Because then a lot of celebrations and folklore came about relative to the solstice for most cultures, really, over the centuries and the millennia. In fact, I found this that was kind of interesting. 
in the pagan folklore to ward off evil spirits, people would wear protective garlands of herbs and flowers. And one of the most powerful was known as Chase Devil, which is known today as St. John's Wart because of its association with St. John's Day, the solstice. I also saw that from Egypt, in Egypt, from the perspective of the Sphinx, that the sun sets squarely between the Great Pyramids. Now, how did all of that come about? <laughs> well, let me tell you what Fred wrote. That I this this like I said, this is going to be pretty amazing. So, the book I narrated and completed last and just got released is called Extraterrestrial Linguistics. Now, if you go on Audible, there's a Fred Dodson version and a Thomas Miller version. We're trying to get the Fred Dodson version removed. But you want to get the Thomas Miller version if you decide that you want to take on this book. And he goes into our origins. This is about our origins. And a very short synopsis. I mean, this is the fastest book review you've ever heard. But through the work of a guy by the name of Erhard Landmann from Germany, all the languages in the world can, in one way or another, be traced back to one common language— If you follow biblical stories, the Tower of Babel or Babel, where God scrambled the one language into many. But all languages, according to Landmann, and then Fred picked up on that research and moved it forward, trace back to ancient German. And Landmann and many others believe that we came from the Pleiades, that we were, in fact, star seeded. And I find this interesting because as I found a book up here in the Smoky Mountains that was, it's out of print now and the author is gone, but she traced a lot of the heritage, the spiritual heritage of this area back to the Cherokee Indians. And I grew up in Tulsa, which was the northeastern corner of Oklahoma, which was Cherokee country. It was also Osage country, but the Cherokees were in mostly eastern Oklahoma, and that was my stomping grounds growing up. So Cherokee, boy, I'm I'm all in. I'm I'm alerted to that. And when this author, Paige Bryant, started talking about the Cherokees also believed that we came from the Pleiades. I was narrating the book, and Fred mentioned that the Japanese word for Pleiades is, as he said it, Subaru. (laughs) Subaru. That literally was when I marked my spot. I'd been thinking about one for years. I marked my spot. Fred has never really steered me wrong when energetic little booms come like that. I went down and got a Subaru. (laughs) And now I have a Subaru. I'm connected to the Pleiades. Oh, yes, you longtime subconscious mind mastery listeners. Yes, I still have the Jeep. Absolutely. You betcha. But here's what Fred uncovered, and just put this together by observation. There are so many artifacts, and he goes into extreme depth in the book on this, that reflect space travel, various types of flying aircraft in all of these ancient artifacts all over the world. This is not one culture. And he found that they felt that any kind of transportation between other galaxies, other areas like the Pleiades and others only could happen, the portal would only open on the two days of solstice. That's when the portal opened. So I'm like, wow, 
you could play with that on a lot of astrological kinds of terminology with the sun in on this solstice moving into Cancer, one of the four angular points in the chart. It's where the qualities start over, actually. So we've been through cardinal, fixed, mutable. That starts over. But there are a number of different areas and ways that my mind could wander, and I would invite you to allow yours to wander, too, that, wow, what if these were some kind of a portal? Has that energy really closed? Has that energy stopped? And if so, why? Or is there some kind of portal that we should be examining that might be making that might make the solstice days actually greater days in the year than we give them even credit for now kind of an interesting inquiry isn't it well that's sunday night i will leave you there and see you monday morning on the other side as we turn around from our observation deck <laughs> and head back to the car thanks so much for listening i wish you the best rest of the week and i'll see you again on monday bye bye